Welcome to Lakeside Church's message podcast. Our prayer is that you fall in love with Jesus, find your church family, live in freedom, and be active in your purpose. Let's join the message already in progress. Well, welcome to Lakeside Church. My name is Chris Martinez, and I'm so happy that you guys are here. My wife, Emmerich, and I are thrilled that you're here um, in this Christmas season. And so we are here to to talk about Christmas and kind of what it means to us. And um, as we're coming up on our second year at Lakeside Church, we are just so thrilled to be a part of this church family and just what God is doing here. So let's go and uh, let me say a prayer, and then we're going to dig into it. Um, Father God, I thank you for your mercy and your grace. Um, I just pray you would release it upon me, God. You know I need your mercy. Speak through me today and just let your will be done and your kingdom come. In Jesus' name, amen. So, it is good to be in the house in the Lord. One of the things I want to say right off the bat is that I'm not here necessarily to, um, you know, push a holiday. You know, I enjoy the holiday, but I'm here to push or to talk about the Holy One, which is Jesus Christ. And we're going to go and we're going to look at the word, um, the words in the announcement of Jesus Christ and how that impacts us and what that teaches us about Jesus and kind of how that relates to us, um, how what Jesus did, what God did in Christ um, relates to us. And, and one of the words you're going to hear a lot is, is the word Emmanuel, um, which means it's the Hebrew word for God with us, or with us is God. And it's also like a declaration of trust and confidence. Um, something you might say, you know, Emmanuel, God's with us to encourage yourself, encourage others. And so we're going to, we're going to look at that and we're going to go through Um, the scriptures together. So I would really like if you turn in the book of Matthew chapter 1 to verse 19 and it's on the screen and it's on your paper and uh, you can follow along with me however you'd like. Um, But this is is, uh, Matthew talking and in verse 19 he says, or writing actually, he says, so her husband Joseph being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly decided to divorce her secretly. I want you to think about that. Jesus, God in flesh, God with us, um, the righteous one coming um, to earth, um, was already born into controversy. You know, this world is full of controversy. And Mary, his mother, had this story that she was, um, the baby inside her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph was a good man, but he wasn't dumb. And, uh, you know, I'm sure there was a part of him saying, yeah, sure. Uh, the Holy Spirit. He, he wasn't being mean, he wasn't harsh, um, but he was ready to divorce her and just, just kind of put her to the side. And you know, Jesus grew up with that stigma of, of, of people looking at him and, oh yeah, you know, saying, oh yeah, you're the one that was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Sure, sure you are. Um, but, but Jesus, um, he was. And God had to convince Joseph of that because um, verse 20, it says, but after he had considered these things, so he's thinking about how he's going to handle it and what he's going to do, trying to make his plan and not wanting to shame her, but still not wanting to be married to her because he knew or he felt anyway that she had probably disavowed, broken her vows. 
and he was he was ready to to put her to the side. But an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. And let's be honest, gentlemen, it's gonna take an angel. If your wife comes to you and says, hey, guess what? I've conceived a baby by the Spirit of God. It's going to take an angel to convince us. In fact, maybe more than one. Maybe a host of angels singing in heaven. um, Because that's a pretty outrageous claim. But the angel appears in the dream and says, Joseph, son of David. Reminding Joseph that he comes from the line of kings. Jesus was not only born into controversy, but he was born into a family with a, with a kingly pedigree. He said, son of David. You see, see it's kind of hard for us to understand because we don't always know the Old Testament and the world that Jesus was born into. But um, Jesus was born into an area um, of Israel, which was run by Judah, which was only really two twelfths of the nation of Israel. The nation of Israel had split. And so there was Israel in the north and Judah in the south. And they were the ones, the remnant, trying to remain true to God. And Israel up north had kind of adulterated things and brought in all kinds of idol worship and just done all these things um, to, to really water down the religion. But, but the angels are reminding him, you are from a kingly line. And that this child that you are having is, is, is going to be from a kingly line. He says, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Because what has been conceived in her is by the Holy Spirit. Verse 21, and she will give birth and you are to name him Jesus. Because he will save people from their sins. Yahweh saves or Jesus. That's what it means that he will save people from their sins. Verse 22. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. There was a prophetic um, utterance as to what would happen when God would show up, when when the Messiah would come and put things right. And in verse uh, 23, we get that prophetic um, utterance and it comes from Isaiah and it says, See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son and they will name him Emmanuel which is translated, God is with us. I've been married to a Puerto Rican for almost 20 years, and to me it almost sounds like Jesus Emmanuel. Jesus might have been Latin. You know, I mean, a lot of Latin people, they actually name their kids um, Jesus or Emmanuel, Manny, um, based on this, as to remember um, who Jesus was. But God with us. God with us. John John, um, talks about Jesus is coming to earth in different terms, but it's the same message. And so I want to hear how John said it. In John 1, 1, if you want to turn there and it's on the screens or, or in your papers, it says, In the beginning was the Word, the Logos, the, the complete reason, the plan, the purpose, that which holds everything together, the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. God became flesh, the Word. Um, that which holds everything together, the only thing that could make it right, God himself became flesh. He took on flesh just like us, and he dwelt among us. He lived with us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word became flesh, and, and I just want you to understand that, that God knows what it's like I mean, we read stories about Christ and we can see the revelation of Christ um, being um, comparable to what we went through. He was born into controversy. 
We, we have controversy. We know, um, we know what it's like. Jesus himself lived a life that was, that was kind of normal. I mean, they were poor by today's standards, but, but normal by those standards. A father who worked, a mother who took care of the house. He learned a trade. He, they say he was a carpenter, but it's, it is true, but it's more than that. Working with wood and stone and building probably houses and, and construction projects and working with his hands and knowing responsibility. We read later on that, that it appears Joseph was no longer around. He probably was passed away. And Jesus, even hanging on the cross, you know, he thinks about his mother and he says to one of his disciples, uh, she's your responsibility now. She's your mother and mom. He's going to take care of you. Because Jesus was born into a world where he knew responsibility. He knew hunger. He knew what it was to be hungry. We read about him being hungry and about being thirsty. And we read about him taking naps because he's so exhausted from the work that he's done. And, and we read about him laughing. And we read about him at parties and at weddings. We read about him crossing racial divides and, and ethnic divides and, and understanding what it's not like to navigate a society where people don't all just get along. We read about him dealing with political differences. In fact, there were people in Israel, some that loved the Roman Empire or at least dealt with them and benefited from it. And there were some that hated the Roman Empire and wanted just to, to get rid of it at all costs. Um, and zealots and tax collectors, they represent those two groups and they both made up his disciples. He lived in a world where somehow he was able to bring everybody together all men and all women. He, he allowed women to sit at his feet and take the position of a, of a student and learn from him. Um, he came in. He break in. Um, you know, Jesus uh, did a lot in his incarnation. He knew, um, he knew what it was like. He knew what it was. And so the first point I want to say is point number one is Jesus is knowable. See, it's the ones who who you meet face to face, who you can touch, who you can put your hands on, that you know. You know, I don't know about you guys, but I've been in Facebook for, I don't know, 10 years. And I'm trying to get away from it. I haven't been on social media as much as, as probably I have in the past. But, but when you think about it, there's some people that are there that you don't even know. You don't know who these people are. Like, who are you? Why are my fr you my friend? Are you from Florida, Virginia, Missouri? Like, I don't even remember meeting you in person. I've never heard your voice. I've never sat down and talked to you. I read your posts, and, but I don't know you. Because you only know people when they show up. You see, it's the people that show up that are the ones that care. When your car breaks down on the side of the road, it's the few people that you can call regardless of the day or the nighttime or whatever time it is, and they will get out of bed or get off the couch or leave work early or put down their stuff for a second or two to come and meet with you. My brother-in-law, if I get into an issue and I need help, I know I can call him and he knows I can call, he can call me because we've done it. We've left the house at late hours to come and, and not bail the other one out. Now, not from prison, but you know what I'm saying. To bail him out of whatever situation. My father, if I need help, I know I can count on him. He'll be there as soon as he can, as, as fast as humanly possible. If those are the people that we know, and Jesus is knowable. And you can, the next point, you can love Jesus because you can know him. You can't really love somebody you don't know. 
Now, I've, I've known a lot of people that have met online, and there's nothing wrong with meeting online. In fact, it's kind of interesting. But you better know them before you marry them. A few pictures and a bio and, 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 and you know, a chat here or there, that's not the same as sitting with them at a table or going for a walk with them or, or having that face-to-face communication, hearing the tone in their voice. And that's what God did. God came in person to be knowable so that we could love him because we know that he cares enough to show up himself. You know, I watch those Marvel movies and I don't know if you watch any of them, but but in the Marvel movies, there's all like the little bad guys. You know, in each movie, there's a little bad guy, but then there's a big bad. There's Thanos. And, and when his little bad guys start to fail and in each little movie, they the be- little bad guys fail. And so there's one point Thanos says, fine, I'll do it myself. And that's kind of when he comes into the scene and, you know, he snapped his fingers and killed all half the universe, you know, but, but that's kind of what God said. He says, man can't do this alone. I will do it myself. I will show up as a baby who cried and and had a diaper change and learned to walk and, and come and I'll be knowable for them. And that's what God wants you to do. It's the people that show up. Those are the ones that care. The next thing I want to say is Jesus is family. Point number two, Jesus is family. He came into our family. Now, this is my wife right here. We've been married for a good long while. And there's something that happens when we, when we enter into this relationship. And, and, and the Bible describes the relationship between a believer and Christ when they understand the gospel. And they believe in the gospel that, that it's like a marriage. And there's two things that happened when we got married is, is my family became her family and her family became my family. God came into our family. He took on our flesh. He took on our blood. He breathed the same air that you and I are breathing. But in the same sense, and that's the next kind of sub point is, you can become part of God's family because he became part of ours. See, my wife, because she's my wife and because she's a Martinez, can come into my parents' house and make herself at home. She could do her laundry. She's done it. She could take a shower. She's done it. She can go into the fridge. She's done it. But if any of you come into my parents' house, it will be a long time before you could probably do those things. Now, it's not that my parents are loving, but your relationship level is different. She's family. You're not. Now, in Christ, we become family with with other people who are believers, and we get to that deep level, and we share, and and I hope we can experience that with more than just our spouses, to where you have people you can count on, and if you really needed a shower, um, you could come to somebody's house that that loves you and will let you take a shower. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that when I when she joined my family, she gets all the benefits, all the all, all that comes with being me. She she benefits from that, and I got connected to a whole bunch of Puerto Ricans. They're amazing, but I became part of that family. And when I first went in and I wasn't part of the family, it was different. But now I'm Chris, Tita's husband. That's what they call her. And I've been part of the family for a while and I could walk into the house and I can sit on the couch and I can take my shoes off and I can say, what do you have to eat? I don't have to have any, any fear. You know, I mean, I show respect, obviously, but they're family. The next thing, uh, point number three is that Jesus cares. Jesus does care. He's cared for people when he was on earth and he has not stopped caring for people and he proved it by showing up. 
like I said, it's the ones that show up when, when you're in the hospital um, that care. Now, not everybody can, and we can't all do it perfectly because we're limited, but he is unlimited in his power and in his love, and every time we need him, he will show up. You know, there's, there's those times I remember visiting my sister-in-law in the hospital when she was going through some things and just sitting there and holding her hand and praying with her because I love her. She's part of the family. We've entered into a different level of relationship. But no one can love you like Jesus does. No one can be there like Jesus is there. No one can solve your problem like Jesus can. And he cares for you. He's not a God that just sits on the outside and watches what happens. He's somebody who stepped off the stage of heaven into the crowd. You can reach out and touch him. There's no security. There's no bouncers that are going to push you away. In fact, we read in the scriptures that some children came to Jesus, even little children, kind of the most insignificant members of the society who, you know, children should know their place. Children should get in line. Children shouldn't bottle to bother the teacher. And the disciples were acting like bouncers and trying to keep them away. And Jesus said, stop, move out of the way. Let them come to me. You don't have to be the most special person, the smartest person, the, the, the best looking person. Um, you are cared for. No matter where you are in life, Jesus cares and you can be cared for. Let him take care of you as a good father will. Good father looks out for his kids. I spend most of my time trying to keep my kids from killing themselves. They're jumping off couches, trying to lick electric sockets, eating things off the floor. And now we hustle to keep them safe because we love them. And even if that means getting off the couch and walking over to the side of the house and pulling them away just before they do something really dumb. And that's the kind of care that Jesus will have for you. Number four is Jesus makes a difference. When Jesus came into this planet, um, he made a difference. He changed lives. He healed the brokenhearted. He brought forgiveness to those people who were beat down with condemnation. He brought the outsiders back into the family. There were people that had leprosy that were literally outsiders physically and um, you know, even emotionally. They couldn't come into the community anymore. Lepers, it was such a weird disease. They, you know, people, even now we, we understand it, but we don't really know how to stop it. And these people, they would say, hey, if you got it, if you have this disease, get away. They built a wall. They pushed them out. And Jesus said, no, come. And he healed them and made them whole and made their skin new and brought them into the family. And that's what Jesus does. He makes a difference. When people were sick, he healed them. When people were broken, he put them back together. When people needed to be taught, he taught them. When people needed love, he loved them. Jesus makes a difference. And you can make a difference with Jesus in your life. That's the last thing I want to say today. Is that you... I don't care who you are, but with Jesus in you, you're a big deal. And you're not a big deal because of who you are, but you're a big deal because of who's inside you, because of who walks with you. If I was to walk down the street in different parts of the world with a different famous person, I would instantly become a big deal if I was next to them. 
I don't know, pick your favorite actor, your favorite sports star, it doesn't matter. But if the man or the woman that you admire or that the whole city admires or the whole country admires walks down the street, people want to take pictures with them, people want to talk to them, people give them free things, they get into the, like, the exclusive areas, uh, they get what they want, the best rooms, and, and then those people and the good ones, they'll leverage their power for good. And with Jesus, you're always walking with the superstar. You're always walking with somebody who can make a difference. And, and when you walk near him, here's the thing. If I was to walk down the street with, with Tom Cruise or Will Smith or somebody super famous, nobody would remember me. They would remember Tom Cruise, not Chris Martinez. They would remember Will Smith. If I brought those people in here, Today, you guys would be talking about them. Tom Cruise came to church. It was weird. I thought he was a Scientologist. I don't know. He showed up at Lakeside. But when you walk with Jesus, people may not remember your name. But they'll remember who you brought. The same way you wouldn't remember my name if I brought Tom Cruise in here. You'd be talking about him. You bring Jesus into a place and just let him do what he does. Let him be who he is. Let him love how he loves. Let him show people that they can be part of the family. Let him show people that he is knowable. Let him show people that he cares. And let him show people the difference he can make. And do it by partnering with him. One of the things we want to do um, in this next year is, is I don't want anybody in Lakeside doing anything for Jesus. I want us to learn how to do things with Jesus. Jesus, what do you want to do and how can we help? That's why we're starting 21 days of prayer on January 6th. And we're inviting you guys all to come and pray because here's the deal. You want to know him, you got to spend time with him. My wife and I work job and I do the church and we have kids. And, and the less time we spend together, the worse our relationship gets. It doesn't mean that she doesn't love me and I don't love her. It means that we lose touch with each other of what's going on. The thing is, is I enjoy spending time with my life. wife. It's just sometimes we get too busy. And we fight that fight and we carve out time and we, we talk to each other and we play games and we, we, we do things together. But we need to do that with God. And so in these 21 days of prayer, we're asking people to do something that they may have never done. Show up to church for an hour in the morning. I know that's crazy. It's almost like we believe that Jesus is real. It's almost like we believe that prayer actually works. It's, it's almost like we believe that God is knowable. It's almost like we believe that if you spend time with Jesus, your life will be changed. And our lives need to be changed. We need to sit with him and allow him to transform us. And sometimes we need to just carve out the time, set the schedule, and come. And so we're going to do it for 21 days with prayer and with fasting, and that's the next step you can take. If you're serious about Jesus making a difference with you, if you're serious about being part of his family, if you're serious about knowing him, come to 21 Days of Prayer. I guarantee you it changes me. As much as I hate sometimes waking up a little bit earlier, I love it because Jesus always meets me. And so we're here today, and we are excited that you are here and we are going to end with a word of prayer. If you're out there and you would like to know him better in this new year, if you would like to walk closer with him, would you just put your hand up? Amen. You want to know Jesus better. 
Amen. Well, Father God, I pray to everyone listening to the sound of my voice that wants to know you better. I pray that every single one of us, myself included, that we would know you better. That we would know you better because you're knowable. That we would be part of your family. That we would experience the blessings that come from being a part of the family of God. That we would realize you care and that you don't leave us and you don't forsake us and you are with us in the good times and the bad times. And when we need to call on the name of Jesus, you don't ignore the call. You don't take forever to respond. You are always there. And Jesus, we know you make a difference and we know our community needs you as much as we need you. And Jesus, we ask that you would make a difference in us. Here we are. Change us. Start in our hearts and help us to be different, us to be transformed so that this world might know you, so that the the lost would be found, the found would be cared for, those who are cared for would be trained, and that everyone who's trained, which hopefully is us, would make a difference. We bless your name, Father. We glorify your name and we lift you up. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to let the worship team play for a little bit. We have prayer teams up here. If, If you'd like to come up for prayer, if you have any needs, we would love to pray with you. God bless you guys. Just stand and worship for a minute. Worship the God who loves you. Amen. Hey guys, I'm Bob. <laughs> <laughs>